Hi, Mark. Hey, how you doing? Great. How are you? Doing pretty well. Wonderful. Uh, things opened up in the U.S. Uh, yeah, things are starting to open back up. Uh, I've been in the South, so we kind of were the first part of the country to open up. Obviously, a little bit warmer weather, uh, access to to out outside dining and things like that. That's a normal thing down here. So, um, you know, it's nice. I think we're going to have fans in the stands again this year, which everybody's really excited about. I've already got tickets to to three NFL games, you know, set up. My arrangement's already booked. So, you know, we're planning to try to take it as normal as we can. That's great. And when did, was the training on like throughout, like you mentioned that uh, the Southern states went as um, strict with regards to the measures? Yeah, I mean, so there were a lot of restrictions. Um, you know, nationwide. And then, uh, you know, certain states, like I said, they kind of opened back up, but we still have like certain restrictions, like some places it's kind of a, 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 a business decision at this point. So like there's some places like the pharmacies, you still wear masks when you go in, um, you know, some of the hospitals are going to still require you to wear masks. Uh, but for the most part, it does seem back to normal. Um, a lot of sign a signage still up that says like, you know, COVID we recommend this or that, but, uh, uh, you know, people are starting to kind of get back out there, which is nice for a lot of businesses. Perfect. That's good to know. Um, we're still on lockdown. So, uh, tough times. Yeah, so, you guys have had a, had a rough, rough yeah. go at it recently. I know, um, with some different strains and stuff. So mm. again, everything's constantly changing. Like that's, that could make its way over here where we're, kind of affected differently um in the next month you know things move so quickly but uh the hope is that we can we can stay somewhat open mm -hmm. perfect so uh yeah how, how did you get started with football so people call it football in the u.s so i'm gonna call it football but uh, yeah how do you get started yeah. with football you know um you know i grew up playing football um i you know, I was a coach at, immediately following, you know, I graduated college uh, at the college level. Um, and so I, I've kind of always been around it and involved in it. And, you know, I, I had aspirations to get involved in the business side. So that's kind of where the natural synergy was for football athletes and representation. So uh, I went ahead and got my master's degree, my MBA, which is a requirement for uh, the NFL Players Association to have a secondary degree. And then once I completed that, I, I kind of made the leap and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into this space, uh, represent athletes and, and really focus on that branding side, which is kind of mm -hmm. uh, where I spent the past couple of years uh, of my background, really, you know, mastering and, and learning, you know, what I could do in that space. Sure. So uh, how is, uh, you played football as well, right? I mean, did you play it at the college, you played it at the college level? Yeah, I did. I played at the University of Delaware. Perfect. So uh, how was the experience? Like uh, what we see in movies is that uh, the footballers are, are basically stars in, uh, in the colleges. Is that so? Um, you know, I, I went to an FCS school. So yeah, there, there are players that, um, you know, have the notoriety, um, you know, but at the end of the day, honestly, football is kind of like a fraternity. I'm not sure if you guys are, you know, have that over there, but um so fraternity is like a group of people that, uh, you know, really stick together and, and, and colleges have them. 
Um, but football is kind of, it's and, and all the sports are, you know, they kind of, it's just, it's, it's a group of brothers, friends, um, you know, you, you just have people that are consciously around you that have the same interest, uh, a really strong support system. Um, you know, that's the biggest takeaway from it. Uh, I, I specifically wanted to get into coaching. So that's kind of why I got involved and in, in, was playing. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, there, there's certain people that are the stars and have that, that, that aura around them, but it's not what they make it seem like, uh, on TV is in reality as much. Right. Um, fair up. So, so because, um, a lot of my friends went to the U S for tennis and you know to uh, represent the college team but uh, i don't think the i mean there's a stark difference right between uh, other sports and football is what they were saying like there's there is a certain difference so yeah there, there's a there's a bit of a difference obviously tennis is an, is some more of an individual sport to some degree right like a lot of i mean there's doubles but there's a lot of individual competition it's kind of like yeah. what can you do um at the end of the day tennis you know you can practice kind of on your own in, in certain aspects you don't necessarily need the team there all at the same time to be practicing mm-hmm. um so sports that are like that yeah there's a little bit of a difference also you know where i went and i'm not sure that it may be like this at all at all schools i don't know a lot about uh you know how how universities handle tennis but um a lot of the tennis people at at my school were foreign so they were from other countries so um there was a little bit of a a barrier or a learning curve when it comes mm. to like different cultures and, and understanding. Whereas like football, like you kind of have your guys all from like, you know, all the guys that are from Florida hang together. All the guys right. that are from, you know, Virginia beach were good friends or the guys from Pennsylvania. Right. Like there's a different, like kind of, you know, Hey, I, I, I know this guy because I played mm-hmm. against him in high school for the past four years. So um, that happens in football. Whereas I guess tennis is more international. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just a bit different there. Like, you know, there's some other sports that we, we had, like even soccer, it's a lot of guys are international. So, uh, it just takes a little bit longer. Um, but I can see what you're saying there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you guys, I mean, you guys have a lot of, I see viewership and attendees in, uh, stadiums as well. Like it's, it's, a it's a huge, huge deal, right. And, uh, America college football. Yeah, it, it, it's a big deal, uh, especially now where I live in the South, uh, in the state of Alabama. I mean, we don't really have a pro team, um, within, you know, two hours of where I'm at. So, uh, it's, everybody's a college football fan. You, you know, you're either Alabama or Auburn or some other sec school. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ask somebody who's their team, they're going to, they're going to respond with, Oh, I'm Alabama or I'm Auburn. They're not going to say like, I'm a Falcons fan or, you know, I'm an Eagles fan that they go, they, they, they treat it like that. Now, you know, where I grew up in the Northeast, you ask somebody who their team is, they're going to tell you, you know, the Eagles, the giants, the Ravens, uh, just a little bit different. So. Yeah. It's, it's really different because in India, the culture is completely different. We don't really support, you know, local, I mean, we have no clue about college teams or uh, even state teams for that matter. I mean, none of us support any of that. We just follow, um, you know, the sport if the country is playing. And um, yeah. yeah, so it's it's really different uh, over here. Um, all right. So 
Oh, I, I just saw the news that uh, NCA uh, approved the um, NIL policy or something of that sort. What are your thoughts on that? Man, it's, it's been like a busy couple days. I'm working on like four hours of sleep right now. At like three o'clock today, I just like lay down on the couch and I was just done. Uh, it's been a busy week. Um, lots of questions, lots of opportunities for guys. Uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to make some moves in that space. Um, a little bit of patience right now to make sure we do it right. Uh, but we're going to, we're going to, we're going to work in that space here in the next year. Uh, I think there's gonna be a lot of opportunities for a lot of college guys who in the past did not have, uh, those opportunities to, you know, to make that money, um, from endorsements. Hmm. How big is this space? It's, well, it just started today. So it's fresh, but, uh, it's going to be really big. It's going to be, uh, I mean, there's gonna be, there's gonna be million dollar deals done. Um, there's going to be, you know, a lot of brands that, you know, didn't have the ability to access professional talent because, you know, the cost restraints that are going to be able to do deals with, you know, just local college guys for in exchange for product uh, and a lot of the college markets. Um, so like thinking about Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where the University of Alabama is, um, you know, th- there's a lot of local businesses that would love to work with those athletes um, that really don't care to work with, you know, a professional team because they're just not, you know, as marketable in that town. So I think, you know, in the college towns, um, we're going to see over the next year, a lot of deals done with like, you know, car dealerships and, um, you know, local restaurants and, uh, events and things like that with players making appearances. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity. I I don't know a dollar value yet, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's going to be quite substantial. Yeah. So just for people who probably don't know what NIL is, I mean, a lot of listeners in India, um, name, image, likeness, right? Uh, basically, athletes can now make money from endorsements, even in college sport, which wasn't the case earlier. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, so it stands for name, image, likeness. And that kind of stems from, you know, the, the colleges were benefiting from the players' names, image, and likenesses, right? They were, in a sense, stealing, um, you know, selling jerseys with the number four on them, you know, because number four was the star player uh, and he wasn't getting any money from that, right? Even though he was doing the work on the field. So that's where the name, image, likeness comes from, but essentially it's marketing and uh, and endorsements. Um, College players can now make money uh, in exchange for, you know, using their platform in a marketing capacity. Um, the most simple thing is, you know, a brand pay me. We've seen a lot of people posting about this, uh, this gaming company. So um, $20 to post a, a post on my Instagram for, you know, this gaming platform, right? Uh, obviously, you know, you've seen some of the other deals that have come through the quarterback at Miami had a $20,000 deal with, you know, a moving company. Mm-hmm. Um, so things in that regard. Now, they can use their name, image, and likeness uh, to make some money. Mm. When they, I mean, at least through social media, uh, were they completely banned from doing this? Like um, they were. Yep. Oh, okay. You cannot. You cannot. Uh, you cannot make money from a company um, in a, in a marketing capacity. Otherwise, they would consider you a professional athlete. Uh, and in order to play college sports, you need to be an amateur athlete. So that's where the rule really came into play was what, what define amateurism? What is it? You know, like I'm not getting paid to play the sport, but 
that it, they used to consider people that were being endorsed uh, by brands and making money from brands professionals. Now it's, it's no longer the case. Mm. Interesting. So those who have, who've been, uh, you know, working on their social media game, um, balancing it with, uh, you know, with their football training, uh, it's a pretty good news for them as compared to those who've just been focusing on football, right? Exactly. That's, and that's kind of what we're seeing here right away. Obviously, you know, the big name uh, headline grabbing offensive skill type players, the quarterbacks, um, you know, they kind of get that natural exposure because the schools using their, their face on all the posters and all the, you know, the commercials and things like that. So they, they've kind of already had that attention, but the guys that for the past year or so have focused on curating really high quality content, uh, and making themselves marketable, you know, but maybe they don't have the biggest name, like they're going to benefit from this because from a branding perspective, if you're a company, like you want to work with somebody that, you know, putting the product in their hand, it's going to, uh, it's going to align with how you want your brand to be seen by customers. Um, so the guys are just kind of slapping up, Hey, I'm, I'm ready to do deals, this, that, and the other, like that haven't put any focus and think they're just going to have things fall into their lap because, uh, they have, you know, a following or they're playing a college sport. Uh, mm-hmm. they're going to be really disappointed. Uh, it's going to take a lot of work to, to, to build somebody's platform to the point where a brand is willing to go out there and invest money in, uh, aligning their product with you. Hmm. Sure. Um, but now, will the colleges expect, a, a, you know, some sort of revenue sharing scheme of that sort? Because they, they also, they pre- contribute a lot to uh, their PR as well, right? I mean, it's not just one way. It's not just the athletes doing everything. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine that they, that, you know... I, We'll see where it goes again. This is still, it's still so new. Um, I mean, they've been taking, they've been making money off these players for so long, these athletes for so long that um, I just, I can't imagine them, them expecting a cut. Now uh, I do think that the colleges may try to use it to bring in more sponsors and more brands, right. To work with the school. So one of the things right now that's still being kind of figured out is uh if, if I'm an athlete at the University of Alabama, am I able to use the University of Alabama's logo, colors, uh, their, their name, like on my stuff when I'm working with brands? You know, you would think no, right? Because other companies are paying for the rights to use that logo. Um, so I think colleges will look at that as an opportunity to, you know, hey, well, you know, for this, we'll allow you to use our, our marks, um, to help you, you know, get more out of your, your branding deals. Um, I, I think that's the, the best path and probably the, the fairest path. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it shouldn't be, you play here. We, you know, we want to cut that. That's more of, you know, uh, on the marketing side of things, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to, they're going to want to hire marketing agencies and, and, and agents and, um, you know, people to help build their brand. And, and obviously those people will, will take a cut of the revenue. Mm-hmm. Interesting development. I mean, um, I, I just don't know if it may, I mean, it's definitely good for the players, but uh, I don't know if the players 
may get you know distracted with the money and yep. they stop focusing on trying to go pro and focus because they're going to now be spending somewhat more time building their personal brand and you know working on social uh, if that may affect their uh, you know training it definitely it definitely will affect that uh, and one of the things you know we talk about when we're recruiting guys that are making the transition from college to the professional level is you see a lot of guys that were really good college players that um, they have, they, they, they disappear when they turn mm. pro uh, they, 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 you know, are on a team for two years, but you never hear about them again. And that's because uh, there's a lot of athletes at the college level that don't have the means to exercise interest or uh, passions that they have, right? Like if I'm interested in music, but I don't have, the money to put together a studio or rent studio time, right? Like I, I'm literally playing football in college to survive if I'm that person. But when you turn professional, now you have money. Um, either, a lot of players have the ability to exercise those other interests and explore those other passions that previously they didn't have the means to explore. So what this is going to do is this is going to bring that, that um, attrition you know, model down to the college level where guys are going to kind of weed themselves out uh, earlier on in the process, which I think from an NFL perspective, you know, teams are probably going to like that. Hey, we're not going to, we're not going to make the investment on this guy because we kind of already, already saw that he was a great high school player, but as soon as he got to college and was the big guy on campus and making all the money, he didn't improve at all. So it's not a guy we want to work with. So that's going to happen. Um, one of the reasons that we're kind of being patient in this as an agency is, and, and you know, with my coaching background, our number one thing that in anybody that we work with in NIL representation is football is still going to be first because if you don't take care of business and get better on the field, like you need to, then the marketing, the marketing uh, piece has a very short lifespan. Like you're only going to last so long on the marketing side. Mm. So football needs to be first. Uh, it, it helps with the, the PR. It helps with, uh, you know, the brand awareness. And also we're, we're kind of targeting guys that we would ultimately believe that could become professional prospects um, and, and build a long-term relationship with, you know, I don't, I don't want to sign a guy to work with them on college marketing deals for two years and then, you know, them go work for, uh, you know, some hotel somewhere and have no aspirations of playing professional. Those aren't mm -hmm. the guys we want to be working with. Sure. Yeah, probably the focus has to be long-term, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it, you can't tie two together. Like I, I can't say, Hey, I want to sign you. And then I'm going to sign you as an agent like that. They're ultimately going to have a decision to go wherever they want when it comes time to go pro. Um, but a chance to, to show them that social equity of, Hey, we've, we've been doing deals with you. Like, mm. you know, there's that relationship there. Um, th that's what we're targeting. That's what we're trying to build our NIL model based on uh, to get guys deals and, and kind of show them, you know, the process and ultimately get a head start in building their brand uh, while they're still in school. Uh, because then when they turn pro, they, they already have a bigger platform starting day one. Mm -hmm. How does it work for you guys? Uh, can you work remotely? Uh, like, like, let's say you work, right now, you'll be working with athletes from at the college level, right? And uh, when they go, when they go pro, they may you know shift to another state. Then how do you how will you be able to work with them? 
Yeah, so most of the stuff is remote. Um, you know, I'm based in Mobile, Alabama. Um, you know, we have clients in, in Miami, or client in Miami, a client in that, that plays in Charlotte um, for the Carolina Panthers. Um, so, you know, I don't have to be in the same market as those guys. Uh, we're able to source deals remotely. My partner's based out of Baltimore, Maryland. Um, you know, we have somebody that, that does marketing for us that, that's based in Delaware. Um, you know, so we're able to work remote and that uh, ultimately, you know, we, we do travel a lot because of that, because there, there's certain things that we want to go to and, and be involved in, especially like when we get to the, the time frame of, Hey, you know, guys wanting to run youth camps or, or things like that, that require a lot of logistics and prep. Um, but as far as like sourcing deals, you know, all that stuff's done remotely. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, okay. So, about um i want to get more into the personal branding with regards to athletes so i i was going through your profile and you mentioned that uh, you guys offer something of a curated plan for the athlete so why is that important having a customized approach to personal uh, personal branding um well, ultimately, like I said, it, it's the first piece is just is doing something and not just expecting the deals to fall into your lap. Um, there needs to be some type of plan. There needs to be a strategy. There needs to be some emotional awareness of who you are and, and, and what, you know, brands you want to work with. Um, because otherwise, like I just I there, there's no it's just it's kind of like you're just kind of throwing stuff up against the wall and hoping that it sticks. So, um, it starts with that and we, we have a pretty, a pretty strict, uh, model that we go through in the, in the early stages, uh, ultimately going through what, what's, I guess, in, in the form of somewhat of a survey, uh, but it's, it's our questionnaire, you know, we go through it, it. It's, you know, a bunch of different, uh, topics that we cover with all of our, our athletes that, you know, their different interests, um, and we kind of dig deeper as we, we uncover different interests uh, and start to identify opportunities, right? So if we have guys that are interested, you know, in uh, social advocacy or things like that, okay, mm. cool. Like what, what type of interest, what's your stance on these different things so that we can start to say, you know, maybe there's different, um, different like foundations or, or, or initiatives that they can partner with, right? So we, we kind of start at the top and work our way down through each piece. Um, and the key, the, the reason for that is we need to develop a, the, the keys to marketing are going to be consistency and being genuine. Um, those mm-hmm. are like the two foundational pieces. So we need to develop that consistency and it needs to be genuine. We need, we, the, the, the most, uh, the example I always use when I'm talking to players is you don't want somebody who, you know, is a vegan and practicing that to uh, be doing an endorsement deal with a steakhouse, Right. Mm. because oh. then it's just, it's not genuine. Like people are like, well, this is, what is this? This guy's just doing this for, for like, you know, the fun of it. Like it's not yeah. like he goes there. He believes that, you know, the, the steak is the best steak. Um, so, you know, that's a very extreme example, but that's the approach that we take is we need to understand, you know, who you are, what you believe in, what you're interested in, you know, so we can start to build your brand around that. And then over time, that consistency piece comes where we're kind of, you know, preaching the same message and, 
you know, really talking about the same things and focused on the same interest, right? Like obviously people have different interests over time, but we want to focus on those core interests so that brands that are in that space, oh, this is a, this is a person we want to work with because they're, they're becoming what I call a key opinion leader in that, that space. Um, one of the guys that, you know, I reference a lot in doing a good job in this just naturally is Tim Tebow. You know, a lot, we all, we've all know who Tim Tebow is and he had a big platform as a college athlete uh, because he was just so consistent in the things that he, he believed and that he said and expressed. Everything was, was the same. It wasn't like he was preaching this, you know, uh, religious uh, belief, but then going out and like, you know, being arrested for, you know, you know, hitting women or, 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 or things like that. There wasn't any uh, inconsistencies in his message. And that's why people um, were attracted to that so much. Sure. So, there, like you mentioned, even in the college team, there are, you know, I don't, you, do you call them jocks? The, the stars of the, uh, the stars of the team and the ones who are, you know, they don't really matter. They're not, I mean, basically, um, in person, personality wise, they're not alpha, you can say. So, how do you, you know, have different approaches? Like, do the ones, the the ones who aren't the stars probably focus more on educational content as opposed to the stars who can probably focus more on their personal branding as such? Where, um, yeah. Yeah. So this is where it gets really interesting because from an NIL perspective, um, it's going to be your stars, um, who are going to get the attention, right? right. Um, where they may not, and I'm going to refer to them as influencers, right? So um, because they're, they're stars, be, they're influencers because of, you know, the position that they play, the attention they grab, right? But they're still at the college level. So um, yes, they're going to have opportunities in the personal branding space to generate income that some of the other players aren't going to have. However, with that being said, it doesn't mean that some of the other players that are on those teams aren't actually better players. And when you think about it like this, if you're a quarterback at a school, right, you're naturally the face of that program in most cases. Um, however, most of those quarterbacks are never going to play professionally. So they're not actually the best player. That best player, you may have a first round draft pick on the offensive line who has 4,000 followers on Instagram. Uh, at the end of the day, he's going to be a first round pick and go make millions of dollars. Um, but he just doesn't have a platform and he doesn't have that influence uh, currently. So mm -hmm. that's where it's going to get a little different. It doesn't necessarily you know, mean that the stars are the best players uh, the people that are making the most on the marketing side in college are not going to always be the best players. It may just be some guys that have some more notoriety. Um, whereas the best players may pay, play positions that aren't as, you know, highly recognized, highly talked about. Like, uh, so that's where, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, if brands start to kind of jump at that, I think that's one thing that's always been interesting to me about basketball is that it doesn't necessarily matter what position you play 
Um, you can be a center. If you're the best player on the team, like you're the face of the franchise, right? If you're a point guard, you're the best player on the team. You're probably the face of the franchise. Whereas you, if you're an offensive lineman, they don't always make you the face of the team. It's, it's usually the quarterback, the running back, you know, the receiver. Um, so I'm curious to, you know, to see how guys handle that once they come to that realization. And ultimately as an agency, that's going to be our job is to take those guys that, you know, are skill wise, where they need to be, but have a, uh, an opportunity on the branding space to build that out. They just need some help. Um, we, we want to work with those guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Uh, even, I mean, uh, we don't follow football in India uh, the, and we don't follow NFL in India. Um, but, uh, uh, whoever, I mean, um, let's say a normal sports fan would know Tom Brady, right? Um, we know, we know the term quarterback. That's the only word we know. And we know Tom Brady, yeah. we know the Patriots yeah. and we just, uh, you know, um, remember the Super Bowl for the performances and the ads and uh, stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, like the quarterback is the one word that everybody knows because that's, that's given the most importance. Yeah. They get the most recognition, right? right. So, um, and that's the same thing, like I said, in the college level, they're going to be, they're going to be the face. Um, but at the end of the day, there's only going to be uh, a handful of them that go on, go on to play in the NFL. Right. Whereas you're going to have 20 offensive linemen every year from across the country going to play. So um, it's just going to be trying to, to develop that opportunity for those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, I'm not sure you guys are somewhat familiar with baseball, right? Cause cricket's big in, in, in India, India, right? Yeah. So uh, you guys, have, you guys, uh, I, I don't know cricket that well, so excuse me if trying to if I botch this. But the guys that that score a lot of the points, right? Like um, they may, uh, they're going to get the most uh, notoriety. Whereas, right. like some of the guys that are foundationally that you know maybe play defense a little bit better or play the field a little bit better, mm-hmm. uh, or an all around player, like they don't get the notoriety because uh, they're not the ones like you know scoring the points or, or I don't know if you guys call them runs or hits right. or whatever, but. Um, sometimes those guys get more attention and in baseball mm. it's the home run hitters that everybody wants to see like oh right. this guy hits the most home runs but um you know it's it's, it's not always the home run hitters not always the best player on the team mm. sure but having said that can can branding and marketing be done to such an extent that they can take somebody who's not that who's not a star of the team and make them extremely popular. It can be done. Um, it's very, very difficult. Now, if there's a guy with a certain story uh, or a certain draw, that, that is, makes it a lot easier, right? Um, everybody else, I think, kind of has a ceiling. If they don't have a unique offering, um, there's going to be a ceiling on, on those guys that aren't the the offensive skill guys that, that grab the headlines. But uh, in certain circumstances, there's very unique players out there that don't play the uh, most notable position, but they have something unique. Um, you know, think back to, again, this is probably not an example that they know in India, but um, there was a player that uh, recently at the University of Kentucky that, you know, that battled cancer uh, and overcame that. So, you know, as that was going on, um, there was a lot of talk and a lot of interest, and a lot of support that he had from the fan base in like in that fight um, that 
he kind of becomes what we call a fan favorite, right? Fans are drawn to that. Um, he plays, you know, a defensive position. Um, however, that unique scenario allowed him to have an opportunity to have a voice and have a platform and, and, and get his name out there. And, you know, fans are drawn to that story um, more than they would be to somebody that maybe doesn't have a story or have a unique uh, something that people can relate to or, mm. or, or really stand behind to support. Right. Right. I mean, the, the only example I can think of is, um, which I know, I mean, because I read a bit, is Colin Kaepernick. Um, I, you don't have to talk a lot on this because of the situation or whatever, but uh, we know that, I, I know that for a fact that he was an average player, that nobody really knew him till he took the stance and then Nike and all these things. So that's probably an example of um, yeah, somebody who's... Colin Kaepernick, though, is he's still quarterback, right? So, like... Uh, other guys were taking that, you know, ultimately he took the stance, but other guys took that stance too, that weren't quarterbacks that you don't hear about because they weren't quarterbacks. Oh, so okay. because he was a quarterback, it was, you know, the, the, the news was a lot bigger, but there was other people taking the same stance as him uh, and in support of him. Um, they just didn't grab the headlines like Colin Kaepernick did. Mm. Um, so uh, that's, that's probably, you know, there's, there's some pieces to that, but, um, you know, he, he, at the end of the day, he still was a quarterback. So that's why mm. you heard about that. You know, if he wasn't a quarterback, you may never have heard about that. Right. Right. All right. So, okay, we did talk about uh, this stuff. So after the career, after professional sports, um, how can a lot of athletes just... Um, I know whoever I speak to, even in the podcast, they they have nothing else to do, right? I mean, they just they go into depression or uh, they just they they're just lost because their whole life from uh, from when they were a kid to you know high school to college to professional they they focused on football or any other sport. So, what what do these guys need to do? So this has been a big topic, obviously, you know, mental health is becoming more and more talked about. Um, there's not a lot of support out there uh, in this respect. And I was talking to a player earlier that um, today that, you know, one of the things he wants to do is, is be more involved in his community for, for guys just even at the high school level that aren't, aren't going to have the opportunity to even go on to college, right? Because there's the same, there's that same thing there. I mean, you, you're the best player at your high school, the hometown hero, right? But you don't go on to college and you're like, wait, my best years of my life are behind me. That's kind of where that mindset comes from. Is like, I've already kind of lived my, my best years. What's next? Like, Oh, uh, that, that's where the depression in my opinion comes from uh, is the, the looking into the future and, and seeing, you know, what's in the immediate future uh, is not going to be as good as what was in my past. Mm -hmm. um, so I think there needs to be, and, and, and part of what's, I think causing this or, or, you know, creating this epidemic is, um, and when I say epidemic, I mean like the mental health ec epidemic, uh, is the fact that we're in a world now that's driven by technology and everything that we look for is like instant gratification, right? Mm -hmm. We all are so used to like, 
I'm going to do this and I'm going to receive this. Everybody wants to trade stocks and, and, and make money, you know, the next day. Like uh, everybody wants that, sh that short-term, you know, investment um, that's going to be so profitable. Um, that's, I, I think that does a disservice to people because they become short-sighted on the future, right? Uh, if I put a lot of my time and energy into being a great football player, now football's done, um, if I'm only looking in the next couple of years, like the next couple of years in reality, the way I should be thinking about this, it's a grind. I need to put time into something else. I need to find another passion, another dream. Um, if I was able to do so well at football uh, by putting the time in, like I'm the type of person that should be able to be successful in something else. So I think that we have to just kind of talk more about that and preach that, Hey, like you were successful in this. You can be successful in something else. It doesn't need to be like, it, it's, it's over. Um, it just needs to be like, Hey, it's, it's time. Yeah. I, it's it's going to suck. I'm going to put some time in. I'm going to have to work this. I'm going to become an expert. Uh, I'm going to have to make the investment in, in, from a time perspective, but, um, I can love something else just like I love football and I could be as in successful as something else, just as I was in, in sports. Right. Um, I, I just think there needs to be more support and talk about that so that people aren't thinking like, well, the next year of my life, like, you know, nobody cares like what I'm doing. Like I just, I just have all these people calling me and wishing me good luck. And now, you know, kind of, they're not interested. Like uh, sometimes just, there needs to be like more embracing of that sacrifice. That's going to come from that. Right. Definitely. I mean, probably they expect that, you know, since they've made it to such a high level that um, when they transition to another thing, um they expect over, right? yeah you start from scratch basically and it's a huge uh because nobody's gonna uh give a damn about you that you you played amazing in uh high school or college once you once you get into the corporate world nobody cares it's all money and um what you can what value you can provide for them right i mean probably at yeah. the start they like uh they um, you know they look up to you as um as a oh, star cool. Yeah. yeah cool but then but yeah here's the thing with that though like and i've been in the corporate world so there's corporations that actually recruit athletes because there's something that that they're so competitive the work ethic right and if you look at a lot of corporations you know the people that are at the top of the corporation are usually like guys that are former athletes or people that are former athletes or people that have military background people that have those unique you know that those unique backgrounds so there's the ability for guys to have success, you know, beyond mm. football, like in the corporate world. Um, it just, they need to embrace it. Right. There needs to, there needs to be that embrace. There needs to be that encouragement of, Hey, this is good. This can happen. Like uh, I think people that have done it need to be more vocal of like, Hey, I did that. I made that transition. And I've worked at companies personally where, you know, the people that are in charge were, were former, former athletes. You know, I worked at a company that, um, somebody at a vice president level was a former professional athlete in the NFL, like played a couple of years. And then like, was like, you know, it's transition time, but he went and had success. So th there is success there. It's just, you know, what we see in the media and on TV is, is the football side. We don't see those guys, those guys mm -hmm. disappear from the media perspective, but there doesn't mean they're not out there having success because they are. Um, so yeah. One of the things we do as an agency for our guys is we're, we're, we're focused on addressing that transition day one, because if we can get ahead of that and start to be like, hey, we're going to work your platform, we're going to work your other interests so that, you know, let's say you're interested in, in 
culinary, you know, uh, we're able to put the people in front of you day one while you're still playing, like when you have time in the off season, um, to give you the guidance, to talk about the mistakes that they made. Um, mm -hmm. so that when it comes time for you to make the transition, it's a lot easier. You've already, you've already kind of had the conversations. You, you have that confidence and you have that motivation to go out there and do it. Hmm. Your thoughts on them probably getting into the sports business line much, much easier, right? Considering you know the whole ecosystem and uh, the industry, it's much easier to start something of your own or probably get into the sports line of it, be it in coaching or in the corporate world as well. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, and and there's, a, there's a draw to that, right? So Uh, you'll see a lot of guys that, that played, uh, you know, if their career is really short, sometimes they'll go be scouts. Uh, they have a long career, you know, obviously they can, they can get into coaching. Um, you know, I, I would say 95% of coaches played uh, the sport. So, you know, that, that's an easy transition. Um, you see guys that get into to media and, you know, do the commentating thing, mm -hmm. right. Work for ESPN. Um, so there's that route too. So, there's probably less of a, uh, it feels probably less like a transition, you know, in doing that. Um, but with that being said, you know, a lot of these guys honestly have other interests. So it doesn't mean that they can't go get into real estate. You know, I've seen a lot of guys in the past couple of years start to get in real estate, which I absolutely love because, you know, I have real estate investments and I think that's the best thing you can do, you know, mm -hmm. as a long-term investment perspective So I love seeing players get into that space because, you know, 10 years ago, like it just wasn't talked about as much. Like it was kind of like, you know, guys, some guys did it, but like now it's like actually becoming like a thing. Like people are passionate about it and, you know, encouraging others about it. So you see some of these guys that really don't have any real estate knowledge or background, like, Hey, encouraging mm -hmm. some of their, their peers to go educate themselves about it and get involved. Um, you know, a lot of players, you know, like I said, they open you know restaurants or start some type of brand. So, If you, if you have success at the professional level, um, you're going to put yourself in a position to exercise those interests. Uh, and it just becomes, how can I, while I'm still playing, learn and start to get a head start on that next platform so I'm not starting from scratch when my career ends? That's, mm. that's the key. You don't want it to go from zero to 60 and then back to zero. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to try to make that transition a lot less of a bump. Why do you want to do that? What do you gain from it? I, I think, uh, so personally as an agent and an agency, the client satisfaction, right? We're able to, to use those guys, use those clients when we're talking with future prospective clients about, hey, you know, this it almost as a reference. This agent, you know, did the right thing. Hey, they're thinking about the right things. They're putting me in a position for success. So it helps the future of our business. So that's mm -hmm. kind of selfishly and personally while, why I, uh, believe that's important. But at the end of the day, like I said, it's, it's, it's important from that mental health perspective too. So mm -hmm. if you honestly care about the person, then it's in their best interest. You know, mm -hmm. if, if you're just doing it for the bottom line and, um, and there's a lot of people out there that are just, you know, it's, it's doing jumping into business and different spaces to, to make a quick buck and this and that, and, you know, leaving people with, uh, with no connections and, and, and out of luck. 
Um, but if you care about the person, then you have to look at that and say, you know, am I doing uh, things that at the end of the day, this person's going to, to, to make them happy and for them to feel satisfied, comfort. Um, and, you know, am I, actually, I don't, I don't want to just be doing it for me. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. That's, uh, that's a good uh, way to go about it. And uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, it does reflect on the brand, right? Eventually, if you truly care about the athletes, um, it'll show, right? And uh, people can people are smart nowadays. They, they know that uh, they can see brands and um, what they produce, the type of work they do and decide for themselves. Like you don't even need to uh, probably say it and say what you do. People will just know. Yeah, it's, it's about storytelling. You yeah. know, who, who's going to be able to tell a good story? Who's going to, yeah. and, and whose story do I believe? Because mm-hmm. uh, there's so much out there now with social media that just like, do I actually believe that? Like, right. I, 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 we, we scroll through stuff and just like, I don't, it doesn't, doesn't resonate. But if, mm-hmm. if somebody's telling a story and it's a good story and it's consistent, you know, time after time, every time I see that person, uh, you know, whether it be on social media or in a commercial, uh, it's the same thing, the same theme. Um, it's believable now, right? Because they're about that. They, they, that's what they mean. Um, mm-hmm. But if it's just like one day I'm like talking about, you know, the, uh, this bottled water company and the next day I'm talking about, you know, this company that does orange juice and the next day I'm talking about, you know, a company that makes cookies. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just all over, the, I'm, 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 not, I'm all over the space in, in some regard. I'm just taking whatever I can get and- so- uh, I'm not being consistent. You know, it's, 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 I mean, it's starting to become clear to my followers and the people that are looking at this content that it's, it's about me and not mm-hmm. about the, the product, the brand and, you know, long-term relationships with brands don't last right. uh, unless that's the case. Mm. Right. Right. Um, last question, your thoughts on esports, uh, like, it's huge. And uh, are you looking into that space? Uh, do you consider it an option for your athletes in general, for the athletes who are playing um, live sports, like in person? I don't even know how you, you know, you, I, I don't know how to call it, uh, say it without uh, probably, without being demeaning to esports or something. In person sports, you can say. So um, do you see esports as a. Uh, Esports yeah. is huge. Uh, we're, you know, we're moving to a more and more digital world, uh, digital consumption of content all the time. Um, so I'm very, very interested in esports. I'm constantly trying to learn, you know, different things. You know, I spent a lot of time uh, in, during COVID, you know, trying to figure out. I, I don't play a lot of video games, so I, I was trying to just, you know. To, to play a little bit, some different things to try to understand like, oh, this is what a uh, uh, first person shooter game is, right? This is mm. what a um, strategy game looks like, just so I can understand the different, the different games, because there's always gonna be new games coming out, but the, right. the genres and the type of games are, are somewhat, similar. you know, right. yeah, so um, I tried to understand that a little bit so that again, like with my football background, I can speak football as I'm recruiting players. Uh, if I were to talk to somebody that's playing esports, like I need to understand it well enough mm-hmm. to be able to be on the same level to, to, sure. to be, actually be able to say, I can go out there and do things for you. Um, I think there's a lot of 
things that need to come in esports for it to be, uh, I guess, a space that is for, from an agency perspective that just really we're able to, to, to build a, a division out of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the thing is, everybody's kind of individually, uh, uh, I don't want to say like, it's, it's, it's more of the personal branding side. There, right. there are teams, like obviously there's teams in esports, um, but it's more about that first, per- that, that, that person and, you know, what's their streaming like, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, they're, they're streaming their, their content following, like if they're making YouTube videos or if they're on Twitch. Um, so it's a lot of, a lot of that stuff that, um, trying to figure out how can we go out and help guys do that, help guys build that up, uh, and help guys monetize that for, you know, recurring revenue. Uh, but I, I can't wait to be in that space. Um, I think it's, it's going to just continue to continually mm-hmm. expand. You know, we have colleges over here that have esports teams now, so that's great. They're putting the investment in the technology uh, at the university level. Um, I, I think over the next five years, esports esports will be the fastest growing um, sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 similar to you, I mean, uh, I don't play video games and uh, I did as a kid and uh, it's definitely a huge space to look at with the... Um, amount of money that's the amount of investments that's being done and uh the viewerships i i think i saw i saw a, a video where there was this huge stadium a football stadium or a tennis stadium packed with spectators for uh, the esports championships or whatever you call it so yeah incredible. They, 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 they build a stadium in the united states now it's called like esports stadium so wow um yeah, it, it's getting big. And, and when you think about it, right, you know, like obviously any of us can go out and play football in the backyard or basketball mm-hmm. in the backyard, right? You know, like there, there's something about being able to go and play a video game, like you or I being able to go as an average person and play a video game. Um, anybody can do that. So, you know, and, and they're going to need uh, the technology, like the headsets, the controllers, the, the gaming system, um, if you're playing on the computer, you know, who has what processor versus this other, you know, computer that, that does this. So I think from a endorsement perspective, there's just so much opportunity. If, if esports athletes have the ability to influence, um, buying habits mm-hmm. from a consumer base, that's just, that is just so large because anybody can go put a video game in a PlayStation and play it. Um, it, it could be massive. You know, it's, it could be really big at the end of the day. Like if Tom Brady is telling me to buy this car, you know, he's a, he's a football player. So like, what does he know about cars? Like that, that could be the thought process. Mm. Right. Um, but if he's telling me to go buy this football because it's the best football, great, but I don't need a football. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't need to buy a football that most right. people don't need to buy it because they're not doing it, but anybody can go out and do it do esports anybody's going to have a computer right mm. so if, if, there, if somebody's telling me this computer is better because of this that or the, the other this headset's better you know anybody's going out and doing that yeah. uh, just such a larger market larger opportunity yeah. a lot of lot of uh, digital accessories um, that can be recommended by the athletes right yeah. by and the even e-athletes like amazon, yeah. even things like amazon i mean i don't mm. i don't I, I can't i'm shocked i haven't seen amazon you know um 
partnering with some type of esports person, right? Like, hey, I get all my stuff from Amazon. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like there's so many kids buying like video games, this, that. I'm sure they're probably already buying from Amazon for the most part, but like, why not? It's the mm-hmm. perfect fit. Definitely. And the the target audience, I feel, is uh, our uh, teens uh, who would be probably a few years down the line working you know getting started with work and the esports athletes would be the uh, idols right so a lot of opportunity to you know capitalize on that yeah teens i, I feel like uh and youth they consume the content so they're the ones right. watching the twitch like honestly i don't have i don't know who has time to watch other people play video games exactly. i don't play video games so yeah. who has time to watch exactly. but, but they're doing it they are watching mm-hmm. it. You know, they're, so they're the ones consuming the content. However, like like you and I growing up, we played video games. We probably have a lot of peers that still play video games that are in their 20s and 30s, right? Um, and as these these teens grow older, you know, it's it's going to be a thing where, where they're, they're playing video games later into life. Um, I don't think they'll consume as co- the content as much because they just don't have the time to do it. Like, you know, now mm-hmm. I'm doing things. I don't have time to, to sit in my room and watch somebody play a video game. Mm-hmm. So... I think that's kind of where the transition will come is there will always be new teens and new youth to consume that content. But Mm. from a, uh, you know, playing standpoint, like those people are going to grow up, but some of them will still continue to play video games as adults. Right. So how do, how, how can athletes work with you? How can um, athletes work with your company? Um, So right now specifically, you know, we're in football. Uh, We're looking to expand, to some other sports, like I said, down the road, you know, esports is one of them. Um, but we sign guys and represent them on the professional side. So uh, NFL players, uh, we help guys get, you know, CFL deals. Um, and we're just now moving into to the name image likeness space. Uh, we have some offerings uh, in that space to, to work with some guys um, who over the next couple of weeks, you know, will announce some guys that we're working with and representing them on the marketing side. Um, so those are kind of the past. If, if they're in college or they're in school uh, and they're looking for us to somebody to source, to source marketing deals and help them build their brand, um, you know, we we like be interested in talking to them and a t- potential fit. Uh, other than that, if they're on the pro side, you know, we also we aid those guys in getting contracts with teams. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, how can they get in touch? Uh, easiest way to get in touch with me would be uh, to uh, send me a message through Instagram. Uh, I, I do get a ton of messages in Instagram though. So um, there's also, I think I have my email linked to my Instagram. Um, that would be a way to, you know, I usually am able to see all the emails. Um, Instagram recently, there's been a ton of spam. So even though like if, if, if I'm not following somebody, it goes into like this request yeah, folder. Right. But I mean, I'm getting like, a couple hundred spam messages a day. So a lot of stuff does get bottled up into that where I don't get to everything. Um, so I would say those are the two easiest ways to get in touch with me. What, even, even uh, then, what are the, what are, what is the, what are your Instagram handles and the email, if you could share it as well? Uh, my Instagram handle is at Mark, M-A-R-K underscore Bailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y. Uh, and my email address is mark.bailey at firstdownsports.com. 
And the firstdownsports.com is with the, the number one ST, not F-I-R-S-T. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you planning to uh, open, you know, have an Instagram account for First Down Sports as well? We do. Uh, I haven't put a lot of time in that. We have, you know, like I said, we have a marketing person that that's kind of one of the tasks that I have her working on right now. Um, but we do have an Instagram. It's at first down sports underscore at the end. Perfect. So we'll have all the links um, in the show notes anyway. So um, whoever's listening, please check out uh, um, Mark's company, first down sports and uh, do get in touch with him, uh, Mark, uh, thanks a lot. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, I know you've been busy the last um, few days because of this NIL thing. And uh, thanks a lot for coming down for the podcast. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. And, you know, one last thing, since, you know, being in India, if if you, you have esports guys watching, you know, I'd love to hear from them. Uh, I love to talk with those guys about opportunity, uh, you know, where they see the industry going. Uh, and like I said, we're, we're looking to, to have a, an esports uh, division at some point. So there could be a potential for some partnership there as well. Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, so Indian esports athletes, uh, we'll, we'll put the word out anyway. So okay. uh, hopefully they can get in touch. Yeah, appreciate you having me. Yeah.